Hello, everybody. This is Taylor Kramer, a local podcast host and producer, and I am collaborating with the city of Traverse City as well as some local media members to bring you information in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. I think that living in a rural community or a town like Traverse City, you can feel exempt from maybe some of the more national or international headlines. However, We also need to be aware that the news and the spread of this disease can change very quickly. And I wanted to find a format that we could distill down what is happening on a national, international level and also get the perspective of how it can relate to us in this local community. Today is March 27th, 2020. Hi, this is Beth Milligan with the Traverse City Ticker. All right. So in our messaging prior to this, you'd said the numbers seem to have taken a pretty big jump today. Is that where you want to start? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is something that we've been expecting that the curve is likely going to keep going up until we can flatten it. And part of the reason for that is all of these restrictive social distancing measures that we've been taking are going to take some time to actually go into effect. So cases we're seeing now, a lot of this was from community spread and from people um, being in close contact with each other before the lockdown went into effect. So it's usually, I mean, the, the amount of time it takes for people to start showing symptoms can range widely, but the mean is about five days. Um, so we're likely, you know, going to see these cases keep going up. Um, what I would encourage folks who maybe are at home and getting discouraged by all of these restrictive measures that they're following and still seeing all these cases go up is that, it, again, it takes some time. So the curve flattening is something that at a minimum in a few weeks we might start to see um, in countries where they've done this. It, it can take a few weeks, even up to a few months. Um, so in the meantime, we will see these numbers numbers go up. So uh, I think today I'm just trying to quickly remember uh, over the last week or so since we've gotten our first cases in Michigan probably about 10 days ago I'm thinking um I think this might be the single biggest increase day that I've seen. I'm trying trying to remember but I, it's pretty large. So mm-hmm. we went up we went, we went up in the last 24 hours by 801 cases. So we went from 2,856 yesterday to 3,657 today. That's a pretty remarkable increase. Um, We also went up from 60 confirmed deaths in the state yesterday to 92 today. And as you and I were talking before the show, getting ready to record it, it took me quite some time to format these numbers. When I used to do these daily updates on the ticker page, the state releases um, testing information at two o'clock each day. And I've been posting that with our readers. Um, I remember early on, you know, it'd be a handful of counties that we were doing a small amount of numbers. And now these spreadsheets are getting pretty extensive, um, which is sad to see. So that that's a large increase. I would also note that both the state and Munson Healthcare, which is our healthcare system up here in northern Michigan, are starting to release more data in terms of the actual amount of testing they're doing. So not just people who have confirmed positive cases of coronavirus, but how many specimens are testing, how many are positive, how many are negative. And uh, all of the those numbers are available on the Traverse City uh, ticker Facebook page, as well as on uh, michigan.gov slash coronavirus virus and on the Munson Healthcare website. 
Um, the thing I would maybe caution folks, the state had been reluctant for a while to release the number of negative tests, Taylor. And the reason for that is that people can sometimes draw um, bad or wrong conclusions from that data. So unless you're kind of trained in medical, in a medical background or a scientific background, what, what, what would usually happen is you'll see a small number of positive cases to how many compared to how many negative tests there are. And that might give you a false sense of security or a false sense of complacency that, oh, see, they're trying to make us think that the numbers are bad, but look how many people tested negative. Well, the problem is that sometimes we have been getting false negatives on some of these tests. So some people who are showing up as a negative mark later test positive. Um, and the other issue is that we, of course, know, and we've talked about this on the podcast many times or last week, that the true number of cases is much, much higher than we can measure right now because of our testing supply. So I would just remind folks um, when you're looking at data to take especially negative data with a grain of salt, um, because we know that there are many more positive cases out there that aren't being measured right now. Right. Okay. And is there any way to paint that? Uh, rising number in some positive light. And what I mean by that is the fact that coming operating from a place that we have since the start of this podcast, which is we know that there's more cases out there, but the testing hasn't been available. Does that rise in positive cases also um, show that people are getting tested when they need to be? Yeah, it's still a challenge, to be honest, for the state. I mean, I, every single state that I have um, seen, including Michigan, is still pleading with the federal government for more supplies, including testing uh, swabs and sampling abilities. So we know that it's, it's still the case that if you have mild symptoms of coronavirus and you're pretty sure you have it, you can't get tested. You cannot. You are just told to stay at home, um, partly because there's not enough tests. And partly because the more you go to the hospital for a mild symptom, you're going to be putting other patients and staff at risk. So it's just a unfortunate and frustrating reality that not everyone and many people who have it aren't, aren't going to get tested. The one positive thing I think I could say to your question would be that I think that these numbers would be much, much worse if we didn't have the social distancing measures in place that we do right now. When you look at, say, the city of Detroit, which is the hardest hit in the state, uh, they have they've now peaked over a thousand positive cases today, almost eleven hundred. If you take those eleven hundred infected people and they have been out in the community um, infecting others, and then those people over the last couple of days have been infecting others, the exponential rate of that is is really mind boggling to think of what that could have looked like if people who were just becoming, let's say, symptomatic today, as you and I are talking, had been for the last ten days in Detroit out and about touching things, touching other people, interacting. Um, so even though we're seeing these numbers going up, they could could be much, much worse if we didn't have these protocols in place. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so there, it seems that today the stimulus package was approved and that's being sent to President Trump's desk. Is that a true development? Yes. Or, so okay. so Cong Congress has approved it. Um, it is going to President Trump. It'll likely be signed very quickly. It's a $2.2 trillion stimulus package. Um, and I wanted to just maybe share a couple quick practical tips for people because there's been so much media coverage about it, but maybe not everyone understands how it's going to impact them. 
So the best advice I could have for folks is there is a portion of the stimulus bill that is setting aside funds for Americans to get direct checks from the federal government. It will likely take a minimum of several weeks. We're going to be talking about at least three weeks, possibly longer um, for those checks to actually start showing up um, for people. Most people, uh, the stimulus indicates will get it. Most adults will get $1,200. Um, some could get less, particularly if your income is over $99,000, you won't get anything. Um, but if you're, uh, in this, and if you're up to $75,000 in income by yourself as a single person, you will qualify for that full amount. If you and, um, if you're a married couple, um, if you have $150,000 joint household income, you'll qualify. And then you'll also be getting payments of $500 each for qualifying children. So how that money is going to be distributed, and this is the practical piece of advice I want to give people, is the IRS is going to be looking first at your 2019 tax return. That's the tax return you're filing right now, um, uh, you know, typically by April 15th, although that's been extended. If you haven't filed your taxes this year yet, they will next go to 2018, so last year's tax return, and look at your income for that. If you haven't filed for either of those years, uh, you could be facing some delays. So my advice to folks is to file your taxes for this year, at least, as soon as you can. I actually did mine this morning um, <laughs> because I knew the stimulus bill was going to be passed and they were going to be looking at it. Um, so get your taxes filed. That don't, not only if you're expecting a refund, you'll just get money that you might need right now. Anyways, the other thing is that even though the federal government has extended the tax filing deadline to July 15th, we don't yet know if Michigan or other states are going to extend their state tax deadline. So your taxes might be owed to the state anyways by April 15th. So I've just been telling folks, get it out of the way, get it done. And then also that way you'll make sure that the IRS has a number that they can look at to get you your check. And those checks are going to be coming directly into your bank account if the IRS has your banking information. If they don't, they'll be sending them in the mail. Okay. Is there anything else uh, development-wise that you wanted to touch on? Yeah. The last thing I wanted to mention with the um, stimulus package is there are so many people right now who are dealing with unemployment. And so um, two pieces of advice. One is if you live in Michigan and you've been trying to apply online for unemployment, you've probably been pulling your hair out and screaming in frustration because the website has been extremely overloaded. Um, the call centers are way backed up. And so um, Michigan has acknowledged this. They pointed out that typically their website before this month, before the month of March, was handling about 5,000 transactions per hour. And this week it is averaging 20. 5,000 transactions per hour. Um, so they are dealing with a huge amount of web traffic and they are devoting a lot of IT resources to expanding the website and getting bigger capacity for handling unemployment claims. So I would just encourage folks, I know it's been really frustrating. I've seen people posting on social media about it, but keep trying to apply online because the website should be improving. The other thing that's really important to know is the state has done a lot of things to try to open up unemployment, but the stimulus package does that significantly. So if you are unemployed right now, if you just got laid off or even, and this is a keynote, if you're self-employed, if you're a musician or a writer, a freelancer, a gig economy worker, a lot of jobs where people were very nervous and thought that they wouldn't be able to get unemployment, you will be able to under the stimulus package. So jobless workers are going to get an extra 
$600 per week on top of whatever state benefits they qualify for up to four months um, through the stimulus package. So anyone who's listening to this who's in a really um, difficult financial situation or worried about their jobs, at least know that there is both state and federal avenues coming available for you to get some funding in addition to those direct checks that are coming out. Okay. And it sounds like uh, people would want to take action on that within these next two, three, four weeks while maybe waiting for any stimulus checks to come in. Yeah, the unemployment assistance program should be rolled out from the federal government pretty quickly. Again, when we say federal government and quickly, it can be <laughs> mm. a little bit of an oxymoron sometimes. Um, I think the thing that's tough, Taylor, is that government, no matter how speedy it tries to be, is almost built by design with its checks and balances to be slow and bureaucratic. So I do know that there are people who are in need right now and wish they had that money right now. And I want to be realistic in the fact that it might take a few weeks at a minimum for that relief to start coming in. But it might be a reassurance uh, for some folks to at least know if you can kind of hang in there and apply for some of these programs, know that some of that relief is on the way. Right. And maybe use these next couple of weeks to rely on local resources like food banks and different things like that. I know we had kind of touched on uh, some people have a hesitancy to utilize resources like that because they don't want to be a burden. But now would be the time within this next month or so to utilize those things. And then if you can get back on your feet, then perhaps you can be you know, one of the resources for other people in the future too. Yeah, I think that's a really good, important note and maybe a good one to end on is that I think a lot of us who are used to being financially secure, there's almost this sort of us and them categorization of, you know, I'm someone who's been employed and self-reliant and now all of a sudden I find myself out of work and I have no idea where my next check is going to come from. And maybe in the past we've thought about people who use um, social welfare programs, food pantries as being like a them category, <laughs> you know, like I don't fit in that. I'm not relied on the government. I don't need a handout. And I would just encourage folks that one, maybe this is a good time to rethink some of those stereotypes you've had about people who are using those programs um, because it could be any of us, uh, depending on circumstances. And two, like you said, Taylor, don't be afraid or ashamed to avail yourself of those resources. Those groups are there. It's not just people chronically using them. Many people find themselves out of work, find themselves with a healthcare disaster that bankrupts them and have to rely on these services for short periods of time just to make it through until they're back on their feet. And they're meant to be there. They're meant to be used. So if you're in need, if your family needs food, if you need help keeping the utility bills paid this month until some of this financial relief comes through from the government, um, you can do that. The best way to do it is just pick up a phone and call 211. That will connect you with the number where there are people who can answer any of your questions about, you can say, I need food, I need help with my bills, and they can connect you with the right resources to do that. Awesome. That's really helpful. Is there anything else? Um, I think those are the big ones for now. I'm, I'm working, I would say, you know, I know you're keeping doing these podcasts and I've been listening with you and Amy and it's great to have this sort of rotating resource. I've got other stories that I'm working on. Obviously, the pandemic is affecting so many areas of our life that 
you can just look at place to place. So, you know, things like our basic infrastructure in the city, like how road projects and recycling and trash collecting collecting are going to work to, um, you know, how things affect your pets or animals during the pandemic. All of that stuff is stuff that we're working on. So um, I'd be happy to keep coming on the podcast and sharing those updates with folks. And if they want to follow the Traverse City ticker or go to traverseticker.com too, we're updating all that content there. Awesome. And we do appreciate you taking the time. Otherwise, it would just be me droning out. And I know that you have, um, you know, really important insight to share with people. So thank you so much. And for you, for those listening, it is almost 4 p.m. on Friday afternoon. We have a couple hours of sunlight left. Get outside and enjoy that because I think it is going to be a little bit dreary this weekend. Thanks, Taylor. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye.